bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. This is TWIP, episode 500, Evolution. TWIP is going up the air for a short time while we prepare for the next phase of the network's evolution. And I'm proud to say that we've recorded more than 500 episodes of the TWIP podcast and produced hundreds of episodes from the other outstanding shows on the network. And what a ride it's been to number 500. But now it's time for some much needed change. And as you may have noticed, we've been making several additions and deletions to the network over the past several months. Some of these changes have been planned, and others have been a result of, let's say, misaligned expectations between the network and some of the hosts. The net effect is that the network is getting stronger and more focused on the thing that we all love, and that's photography. So, while TWIP is in this short hibernation phase, the TWIP network itself is not going into hibernation. The main show... This show, TWIP, is going into dry dock for refurbishing. What emerges on the other side will be an amazing and much-needed addition to the photography community. And this hibernation will only last for about a month, and the new show will launch around the beginning of February of 2017. So please stay subscribed to get the new episodes when they begin publishing. And if you'd like more information on the new TWIP, We've set up a special email notification list to keep you updated. Just head over to twip.pro slash evolution to sign up for that. I can't thank you all enough for your continued support of TWIP and the TWIP network. And I'm really looking forward to this next phase of this amazing journey that we call TWIP. We'll see you on the other side. Now, for this last episode in this season of TWIP, I had the pleasure of interviewing environmentalist, arborist, and naturalist Julianne Sky Arbor, also known as Tree Girl. Tree Girl has just self-published a coffee table book filled with nude self-portraiture of herself posing with some of the most amazing and majestic trees around the world. Now, I originally intended this interview to be about the importance and the process of photography passion projects, but instead, it turned into something much, much more. It's Monday, January 16th, 2017, and this is TWIP. Hey folks, welcome back to another interview from This Week in Photo. My name is Frederick Van Johnson. I'm here with Julianne Sky Arbor, also known as Tree Girl. We're gonna find out about what that means and why she chose that name, but we're also gonna be talking about passion projects and how you can kind of lock horns with something that you feel passionate about and use the tools of today to create something amazing that might change the world versus obsessing over the next whiz bang you know feature that's on the latest camera or phone or drone or something like that so julianne welcome to this week in photo thanks frederick thanks for having me it's great yeah it's good to have you we uh, just for full transparency to the audience, we have been trying to get this interview done <laughs> for a while. Then we finally got into the same virtual space and time, and the internet decides that it doesn't want this interview to happen. So clearly there's some information that we're going to be sharing that the universe, for some reason, doesn't want out there. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> no, I really think it more has to do with that I'm... Um... 
you know, I'm really all about the earth and nature. I'm really quite anti-technology. I'm really a Luddite at heart. And really? I really, yeah, I really hate technology, <laughs> even though I need it for my work and especially now. But um, really, if you read my book, you'll, you know, my message is all about connecting with nature, reconnecting with nature and that in our modern culture and civilization, we're totally disconnected from nature. We're over-technified, we're over-civilized, we're over-domesticated. And um, that is, you know, hurting us individually and culturally, and it's hurting the planet. And so I think that has more to do with it, is that I really actually can't wait until the um, fossil fuel age ends, the computer age ends, technology fails, and we don't have technology, so we can actually get back to having relationship with nature and each other. So you, are, you are actively rooting, <laughs> you're rooting for the post-apocalyptic post oh, yeah future mad max you want that to happen well, i want it to be a more graceful peaceful transition I, you know i um but yeah because technology and um industry and the fossil fuel age i mean it's totally destroying the planet you know with climate yeah. change and everything like that um this is more, fascinating yeah. this is fascinating yes. i have conversations like this with with folks a lot about not so much you know a hardcore you know, Luddite versus technology, but um, from the standpoint of evolution and what's next for humans, right? So there's one side of the fence that says, like, they're like you. They say, hey, all this stuff is an abomination and we shouldn't be moving in that direction and we're disconnecting ourselves from each other and we are, we're a group think kind of people and we don't have that and it's, you know, with virtual reality, it's going to get even worse. And then the other side, says that who's to say that technology and the convergence of humans and technology isn't the next phase of evolution? That's what do you say fiction. to that? That's science fiction. That's fiction. <laughs> it's not, but, you know. But so is the iPhone. The iPhone is science fiction. That's true, um, but uh, there's there's a techno fantasy going on um, that technology is going to save us and it's going to improve our lives and stuff, and that's just can't you know, practically, it can't happen across the board. There just aren't enough natural resources for that to happen. I think there, there's already wacky, crazy, nutty stuff happening in technology, but eventually we're not going to have the resources to, to do that. Not everyone's going to be able to have solar panels and, yeah. and hybrid cars. And, and, you know, it's, there's if you, problems. I mean, I just want to back up and say that I've been studying and learning about and teaching this stuff for 20 years. So it's not that I just have some idea and I'm some environmentalist, but you know, one of my very, you know, closest friends is, um, you know, the expert on peak oil and, um, those, there's my cat. That's awesome. Be, I love wants, that cat. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I know what I'm talking about and in terms of your background, so you, you kind of teed that up, you've been doing this for a number of years and you kind of, you, you know what you're talking about. You're not just some, some person that decided, Hey, I have a wild hair. I'm going to start championing, championing this cause. What's your, what's your background and your, your pedigree to, to talk about? Yeah. This um, I have a master's degree in environmental education and a master's degree in art. I never quite made it to my PhD. I'd love to get a PhD in forestry actually and forestry and climate change and be like, you know, on the front lines of what we can do to help uh, the forests of the world, which mm -hmm. are the, you know, lungs of the planet. So that's my background. And I've taught in um, conservation, environmental conservation for over 10 years and different, very interdisciplinary. There's the artist in me and there's the environmental educator in me. 
and I've always bridged the two together. I've always been very holistic and interdisciplinary. And so that's, so that's also where the arborist comes in. I got really interested in trees when I moved to California and I start and just became a nature nerd. You know, when you're in the West where there's so much wild nature, you can't help but and uh, have curiosity about these amazing massive trees, the redwoods and the sequoias and the oldest trees and everything like that. So I just, um, I just learned as much as I could about them. And then I realized I needed to know more about the science of it. So I became a certified arborist um, in 2009, so that I could understand the science of trees and forests. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know that what what the function of trees are, and we're going to get into the photography oh my stuff. God. In a second. Well, yeah. You know, and you mentioned lungs of the planet, right? So trees, yeah. trees, for for to to oversimplify it, right? Trees uh, bring in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen as their waste product, which we like. As our, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. we tend to we tend to yeah. need oxygen from time to time. Right. So, so talk about a little bit what, what an arborist, what is an arborist? What, what is an arborist well, I wanna, do? Well, I want to back up and say not only do trees do that, but the kelp forests and the algae in the ocean are also a massive importance in terms of absorbing carbon and giving off oxygen. So if we lose the oceans, which we are, we're f***ed because they also mm-hmm. do that carbon-oxygen exchange. An arborist is like a doctor, a tree doctor, mm-hmm. um, and we start from, from birth to death of the trees. So we plant trees, um, you know, we save seeds, we, we save them, we plant them, and then we take care of them when they're sick and we figure out what's causing their sickness. And we also chop them down if we have to and, and do pruning. But it's an infinite world, actually, of science. And it's different. Arborists usually are more individual trees, whereas foresters are, you know, forests and mm-hmm. how to cut down trees for for use and, and replant them. So I never became a forester, but I'd like to learn more because individual trees aren't just like humans are individuals, trees are individuals, but we also have community, right? We can't function just by ourselves. It's the same mm-hmm. thing for trees or anything in nature. Nature works in communities, ecosystems. And so you got to learn how everything works together and how everything's interrelated, especially in this time of climate change and, and all the cascading effects that has, uh, including Wait a minute, climate change. Is Have that real? That? Is climate change real? <laughs> I heard, heard that? I, I keep hearing it's answer. not real. Is it I'm real? Not even, I'm not even going to answer that question. <laughs> you want to answer stupid questions? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Um, I know I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. But, but okay. okay. So with, with, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned foresters, right? So, yeah. And when you say foresters, I think deforester or deforestation mm-hmm. and, you know, the rainforests and how, yeah. you know, I watch these documentaries that talk yeah. about how many acres of rainforest are leaving or, or being harvested every single day. Yeah. And I, this, I have an arborist here that I can ask this question <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. Like the, 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 the numbers are staggering of how many trees are just being chopped down for whatever purposes. Mm-hmm what what's the net effect of like when are we going to run out of trees when is that over right uh we probably won't run out of trees there still are a lot of trees um all over the world but the it is true there are there's sections of the planet where deforestation is happening in in the in the rainforest of south america and it's uh, in the in the taiga rain um not the rainforest the taiga like up up north Mm -hmm. um um so, and then like Indonesia and the hardwoods and stuff. So um, that is, that is def- 
definitely troublesome because that just creates that really every time the trees are cut down it releases carbon into the air and so that right. that increases um the effects of climate change um so and and you know we're trying to plant trees we as fast as we can but like i said it needs a whole ecosystem you can't just produce a lot of trees without soil without mm -hmm. good soil without right. water and without nutrients and the, you know it's a whole interconnected system it's it, def it definitely looks bad it looks really bad if you haven't watched leonardo DiCaprio's movie before the flood anybody yes, out there you gotta it. watch it you gotta you gotta you gotta we gotta face we gotta face this we can't just keep going on with our you know technology and um thinking that solar panels are gonna help us and save us we need to we need to wake up to it we need to and so my message really is um, that there's a lot of wisdom in nature itself. Uh, nature itself and trees are a great resource, not a resource for cutting down, but a resource for information, for wisdom. And for me, it's uh, a resource for companionship and allyship and friendship and um, sensual pleasure. Yeah, and, I want to talk about all that. that, and that sense, yeah. That, so. that leads into the book, by the way. I'm going to show that. And I'll put a screenshot of this up when we yeah. edit it. But here's your yeah. awesome book, yeah. uh, Tree Girl, Intimate Encounters with Wild Nature. So I want to talk about that intimacy. I want to talk about the, you know, just the whole synergy that brought this book to be. I have one last question on the science of all this. Mm -hmm. I was watching this documentary. I think it was something with Neil deGrasse Tyson or somebody. Well, they were talking about how trees communicate with each other and negotiate how tall they're they're going to grow so as not to shade other trees. Yep. So they like have this 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 tree yeah. politics system going on. They're like, hey, dude, don't grow that high because I won't get any sunlight over yeah. here. Is that true? And how yeah. does that work? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know specifically. Um, I um, I haven't worked on those studies, but. The point is, is that we humans think we're at the top of the intelligence chain. We, you know, it's called anthro, you know, anthropocentrism. We think that we're the smartest and we're not. We're really pretty as um, young species on the planet. You know, these trees have been, some trees have been around for millions and millions of years and they're just, you know, um, and so, yeah, why wouldn't we think that trees communicate with each other? And why wouldn't we think that they, why do we think that it's all competitive, right? It's yeah. nature has to work together. Certainly some species do compete with each other, but it's not really survival of the fittest. It's really cooperation because it, ben it benefits each other, that they all benefit each other. It all works out. So, yeah, yeah and then cooperative versus, like you said, it's yeah, cooperative mm -hmm. versus only the strong survive because if it was only the strong survive then we just have a bunch of one kind of tree right. around right 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 or species right yeah. so it's just it's like a paradigm shift of opening up to like oh right nature is really way more intelligent than we give it credit for um so yeah i think we're going to discover more and more about trees and 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 nature and how it functions. Um, we're pretty stupid species, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are. But we think we're, we're the not. Only species, we're the only species that is, are destroying our home, that are just and destroying the homes of others. So that's yeah. pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah. There's, we yeah. do a lot of stupid stuff. We do. Yeah, we, do. we do. We do a lot of brilliant stuff, but we also do a lot of stupid stuff. Right. Um, so let's talk about the book. And yeah. the, the gist of this interview was, uh, I wanted to talk with you about the idea of 
or the cool part of of having a passion project clearly you're very passionate about your field right and it's important to you and you want to spread the word about it and you're using photography as a way to share that with the world versus yeah. the other way which a lot of my audience and a lot of people myself included you know will will get a new piece of technology or gear or camera or whatever and like oh what, what can i take a picture of with this you know yeah. oh here's the new technique i learned in photoshop what can i you know how can i show yeah. it off and put it on instagram versus championing a cause like you have so what was the what was the genesis of the book yeah i've been photographing myself naked with trees for 15 for well it started 20 years ago and then 15 years ago i'm like hey this is a thing this is like this is it this is my thing yeah and i realized um it wasn't it, it started out being like a spiritual meditation like a spiritual practice like this is something i like to do because it fulfills me and um and it was and i'm an, i've always been an artist so it was this creative exploration and then i just got really into finding out where all the giant trees were all over the world where the most unusual trees were and i collected like every book that existed on you know and i just researched on the internet like where are these trees and it and it was like this this the, the my passion is to meet these trees as individuals i don't see them as um it's just subject matter but um it's like you know like hey frederick like i would love to meet you someday it's mm -hmm. the same thing with um with trees for me so it became a kind of treasure hunt for me and i spent years i think in my book i have the map of all the trees that i went to so this is 15 i hate to hold this up like that but oh yeah that's great so this is um this is all the this is just 50 species of trees that I've um, culminated for this book on four continents and 13 countries. And now it's a, now it's a thing. Now it's like, where haven't I been and where, what trees haven't I seen and what countries haven't I been to? And um, I haven't been to the rainforest in South America yet. So I want to go there. Wow. So that's my passion. It's really an obsession. And for me, it's a relationship. It's a deep relationship. What is, what is what is being finished look like? What is the finish? Is there, is there a finish <laughs> it's not, line? It's not. And I think you, ha you have to have, you have to have that. You have to keep that going. If you're passionate about something, there is no end to creativity. It's infinite. Creativity yeah. is infinite. So um, I'm, but I do feel a, an impending, you know, rush to get the next book done. I didn't even know if I'd get this book done in terms of what was going on with the world and climate change. And now the Trumpocalypse is upon us and, and we've got to, we've got to get moving, right? Because things are, things are going to change really rapidly and our priorities are going to change and there's going to be, you know, more, uh, places disappearing. And so I want to see some of these trees before they're gone. Two of the trees in my book are already dead. So, wow. um, and that's from age, but climate change does, you know, affect um, so many species. And so, yeah, I feel this, this, um, this, um, you know, compulsion to keep going. It's and like to a drive. It's, it's, like a, a drive. it's a total drive. You're like, you're like yeah. Richard Dreyfus in, uh, what was the Close Encounters <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the Menace Potatoes? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I have to yeah. do it. I don't know why I have to do it, but I have yeah. to do it. Yeah. What, what, so is there, is, has, has your outlook or your drive or your, your strategic planning or any of that stuff changed with the, 
the mm-hmm. incoming you mentioned the trump apocalypse but the in the incoming yeah. administration and their their yeah. views on climate change and yeah. environmentalism yeah. Have, right. have you changed the way that you're doing things or your messaging at all uh just that i'm really curious what's going to happen i'm really curious if i'm going to get put in jail for being an eco-terrorist and i'm not going to be able to do my work anymore because i'm speaking up on behalf of the planet Um, so I don't know what's going to happen and I don't really know what they're going to do. Um, but there are a lot of people and organizations, environmentalists who are going to fight that and work to do what we can. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It's a scary time. So, And I really, I also really want to make it clear that I don't think nude photography with trees is going to save the planet. Mm -hmm. I don't think nude photography with trees is going to save trees necessarily. It's only one part of the picture and what I'm just make the planet a little happier but well I mean we're a very visual media oriented culture right and we're Mm -hmm. just bombarded with images all the time and my work is really just showing the point of my work is to show that we are nature actually Mm -hmm. that there's no separation between us and nature and so that's a that's a paradigm shift and an and the book is really, and my work is really an invitation for people to discover whatever relationship they want to have with the natural world to keep that going, right? Whether it's butterflies or mountain climbing or kayaking or, um, you know, bugs or whatever. Yeah. People have those fascinations from childhood. They have those passions that mm-hmm. got drowned out over the years because we had to grow up and, you know, and we had to learn to use computers. And, like, I don't even want to go into, like, what kids today, like, are so separated from nature um so i'm just reminding people of the relationship they already have and that inherent feeling they already have that they that they have love and um uh you know a relationship already with with the more than human world of more than humans that we're so human centric that there's a whole world out there that's really much more interesting to me then computers and all that technological gadgetry that's coming out like i don't care i'm not like like Looking for the latest this and that, and latest latest. But it's a symbiosis, right? Symbiosis. You you have to. You can rail against it, but at the same time, it allows you to get your message out to a a wide group of people that, or you know, without it, you would not have been able to reach. Well, I mean, that's one reason why I did the book. Quite honestly, like I swear to God, Frederick, like. I just launched my book yesterday, actually. I had my big, big launch event. Congratulations. It was, it was amazing. And the week before, my internet and my website were out for five days. Yeah. All right? I was completely freaking out. Like, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. What the fuck is with that? Like, why? You know, <laughs> I wanted to both kill myself, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack because technology wasn't working. That's not right. Right. Yeah, but right. but for me, it was like, well, because my book was coming out and I was getting all this publicity and people were, re- you know, finding out about me that it was a really bad time for technology to fail. Yeah. But one of the reasons I did the book is because we're not always going to have computers, quite honestly. Yeah. Not everybody is going to have computers just because of natural resources. We're just, um, you know, it's just because of cheap fossil fuel that we have so much abundance right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so books last a little bit longer they don't last forever and you know you could burn them if you needed to but we still have books that are hundreds and hundreds of years old um and my cat wants some attention right now 
awesome. So that's one reason why I did the book. I just didn't want it just um, on the computer. I wanted it like a good old fashioned coffee table book where the pictures are big and you can flip through the pages yep. and really enjoy it. And that's one of the reasons why I did the book. And if and as we know as photographers, getting a photography book published is extremely difficult these it days. Is. Um, it is. You know, the whole publishing industry has changed and they aren't really doing photography books unless you're like Art Wolf or something. So, mm -hmm. and I don't fit into any category, Frederick, right? Yeah. I'm like yeah. nature photography, I'm nude photography, and that's a whole taboo still, mm -hmm. amazingly. Yeah. Um, in this country, yeah. Right, right, in this country. So I actually got it printed in Germany and, and um, the Germans are, and the Europeans are much more cool with, I can't even tell you what I went through, like the printer and my publicist and, you know, um, so many people said, oh, you can't really have nudity on the cover um, or that's, that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, but that's what it is. There's a book of yeah. nude photography. Um, but it's not just nude photography, it's nude nature photography. So I had to um, self-publish because... <laughs> just wanted to get the book done, Because right? <laughs> you know. I, I wanted to get the book done and nobody, no publishers understood what I was doing because not only is it nude photography and natural history, there's a lot of science in the book. There's um, natural history and eco-psychology, there's natural history of all of the 50 species, and then there's eco-psychology, which is the study of our disconnection from yeah. nature, our modern disconnection from nature, and our need to return to that. So it's an interdisciplinary book. Nobody knew what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And then when people realize, hey, this is like really fabulous, then hopefully a publisher will come along and help me with book number two. Uh, yeah, I think that's likely. Yeah, definitely. So then. Let's talk about the nudity in the book yeah. and, and the reason for it. Is it, you know, is it the, the carrot to get people to become more aware of, of trees or like what, what was the, the driving force behind putting the nude photography in there and of yourself, the author in the book with the trees? Yeah, well, I'll say I was never really comfortable in my body for years as a, most people <laughs> probably feel and a lot of women. <laughs> Right. And first, when I, um, this all started in Australia 20 years ago, and I was on this walk about um, walking through the rainforest, and I saw these two trees that they just seemed like they were dancing together. It was just, I wasn't on anything, but I could have been, right? I was like, yeah. and I was like, I don't know what's going on there, but I want to be in on it. And yeah. it was really hot, you know, and it, it was just a wild environment. And so I, took my clothes off and I handed my camera to this friend I met, this new friend I met. I said, take mm -hmm. my picture. And I just, you know, wrap my, intertwine myself with these two trees. And it was glorious. Yeah. Essentially, it was an, an ecstatic experience for me. And so for years, I just did it for me. It was, it's for me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's my own, um, you know, it's sensorial and sensual and, and that's where the intimacy sexual. comes from. It's kind of like that feel of you connecting with this giant old object, yeah. you know, or being or yeah. entity that's in your, your, your physically in contact with it versus just observing it yeah. objectively. Yeah, yeah. Like I have, I have visceral memory of every bark texture that I've, Wow. touched 
just in the same way as we remember like the smell of every lover we've had mm -hmm. or the smell of our house different houses we lived in you know yeah. or the taste the taste um you know we have a full spectrum of senses and we don't really use we don't really use them like other animals do and we have to remember that we're animals so there's something about it's a de-civilizing process like getting intimate with nature and there's just so many you know glorious sensations of and people who are nudists the naturalists understand that you know they walk around nude in the sunlight and the wind and you know it's you know it's glorious and so many people in other countries do nude bathing and things like that so i'm just doing it um with trees and in nature and so for me it was a, just a very uh, you know beautiful sensorial sensual experience that i happened to be connect that i happened to capture on film for myself so for me, so, it was just that's for important. myself. This is for yourself. You like, see, yeah. that's I think that's the nuance here because a lot of people are like, you know, you you do a project like this, and generally the the thing in the back of your head is, I'm doing this for other people. Will will people like this? You know, what if I do this? How's this font? Will people like this font? Should right. I do this? But right. when you shift gears and you're really just doing it for yourself, and then allowing people to look behind the curtain and see this thing that that you're passionate about, it yeah. kind of shifts how you approach it right and that's that's a lot of what i'm hearing that's the way it has to be as an artist your creative drive has to come from yourself but as we know it doesn't really come from us it comes from somewhere else you know like when we come up with something brilliant gets created we're like whoa we're like you know where did that come from mm -hmm. i really believe that i'm you know channeling something that's coming through me i'm being guided and um, I'm not really in control here. I mean, I'm working for the trees, Frederick. At this point, I'm working for the trees. And yeah. the trees are like, you know, we need a book. We can't write. We can't type. Um, we got to get this message out. And, you know, so I feel like it, it's also a soul. It's a soul purpose. Yeah. yeah. Really. And, so back, and then back to the nudity. So what i found is i used to create new cards and i do these art shows and prints and i would see i would see people's reactions to my work right and mostly women and i would see it in their body language and it was like i i want that what mm -hmm. whatever you're you're experiencing i want to experience that yeah. the sense of like coming home to nature that it's a sanctuary that it's that it's solace, you know, mm -hmm. um, people want that. People want to have that feeling. So I just started selling my artwork and I decided to do a book and, but the passion is, you know, it's the nudity. Um, it's just something that I enjoy. I'm not a nudist and mm -hmm. naturalist in, I'm a naturalist, not a naturist. Those are two what's, different what's, words, right? What's the difference between those two? And a naturist is like a nudist a naturist enjoys being nude in nature a mm -hmm. naturalist is a scientist who studies nature okay okay yeah. but i so i don't like walk around my house naked i'm not like walking around the forest naked all the time i'm just naked when i'm doing my work it's yeah. part of my work um, and you're shooting these i mean speaking of the work these are self-portraits right yeah. so mm -hmm. right you I mean, it's one thing to do a self-portrait of yourself or a selfie or something, right? right. And then there's the step up. It was like a serious self-portrait where you got the camera and a tripod and, you know, you it's, you know, it, the composition is considered and all that. But then a nude photograph, 
in front of these trees where you need to show the grandeur of the trees, also show yourself flattering, uh, getting to the correct pose yeah. while all while the, the self timer or whatever, however you're triggering the camera is counting down. How do you do all that? Are you, are you doing it yeah. by yourself or do you have, you have a team or like, how does it work? Mostly I do it by myself. And there have been a few times in the early years that I collaborated with other photographers with friends. There's a few times where I was like up in some tree and then the tripod wouldn't have been stable. And so I had my Safari guy press the button. Mm -hmm. um, but, gener and, but generally it's me, it's a solo thing. And I really enjoy that. It's a whole state of consciousness. So I use the a little Canon remote control and that's right. how I do it. In the very early years when I used film, you know, when we all used film mm -hmm. and I didn't have a, a release, I would press the button and I'd have 10 seconds to run into place naked yep. through the forest, get into position, click, not have any idea how the picture was going to turn out, right? Until we got them developed. And then um, you do that like 15 or 20 times just to make sure you got it, right? Yeah, well, you know, in those early years, I just did it once. I just really did it once. And then now with digital, right, we can do a million different um, mm -hmm. Things. So what is, you know, so I, what I do is I like climb up into these, I set up the camera. Mm -hmm. I can tell right away if it's going to be a good shot or not. I mean, I've got it down now. It's, I can understand the composition and I'm like, oh, I want to go there. I want to, I know I want to go there. So I set up the tripod, I set the frame and then I look left, I look right. I take my clothes off. I, you know, and then I quickly get into place. And if I'm not comfortable, then I know it's not going to be a good shot. It's going to yeah. look awkward, you right? Look stressed so like, and you're shaking, you know, whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. So I gotta like get comfortable. And a lot of those trees, you know, it's really ouchy. A lot of, you know, it's not. But, but it's. But if I'm enjoying myself, then I'm like, oh yeah. And then I like, you know, push the button, and I have a two second delay, and I have right. to hide the. I have to hide the um, remote. Mm -hmm. And then I just do that as long as I can until I hear somebody coming or I have to go or it's going to start raining. And then I have you ever had any weird, like what, what's the weirdest experience you've had while trying to get something done? Like, have you ever been like come upon by a group of hikers that are like, what is going on right here? Yeah. I've only been caught three times <laughs> in 20 years. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, usually people are like, Oh, Oh, excuse me. You know, um, one guy was like, what are you doing? <laughs> of course. And then another time I did the, a group shot with a bunch of women and some neighbor, some nosy neighbor came over and was a complete asshole. and was just like, you're not allowed to be here and this is trespassing and you have to leave. And I'm just like, really? I'm like, there's five naked women <laughs> hanging out in a tree, a giant tree. We're not hurting the tree. We're naked. We're beautiful. Really? You can't yeah. just like like watch from a distance you could yeah. totally do that so so some people just don't get it right but in yeah. general um in general people aren't looking for naked women in trees right yeah you until, don't... <laughs> until <laughs> now until now and they'll be like is is, is tree girl here is tree, I'm gonna look exactly. for tree girl. we'll talk so, about that a little bit so tree girl which is a brand it sounds like that you're building yeah. your website's at treegirl.org mm -hmm. um the title of the book is tree girl intimate encounters mm -hmm. with wild nature mm -hmm. your social presences have tree girl in there where did that brand come from the trees i would say just, you know, yeah like, yeah that's an yeah, obvious question <laughs> you decided to like, okay i'm gonna brand instead of julie yeah. instead of 
branding it with your name and saying, yeah. okay, I'm this person, I'm an arborist and a photographer artist yeah. that's using this medium to get my word out. You're going to build a brand around it. And that brand is tree girl. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that came like 10 or 15 years ago when things like that were happening on the web, there was mm-hmm. like eco girl and eco this and eco that and da 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 and da da da. Um, and so I just, just, I just decided to, to do that, to, to brand is tree girl and people, there are people who call me tree girl, you know, just it's, I haven't legally changed it to tree girl, like Prince did or share mm-hmm. or sting or something. Um, but it is, it is, it is my professional identity. And, and the important thing is that I, I know that there are a lot of tree lovers and there are a lot of tree huggers out there. And so I really encourage people in my, in my writing and everything that, I, that there are many tree girls and tree boys out there. Yeah. If you love trees or if you have the, any sort of relationship with trees, but I'm capital T, capital G <laughs> tree girl. That's yeah. how I with distinguish no space, myself. Right? <laughs> with no space, right? Yeah. Um, but there, there are many people with tree girls and tree boys. So if, you were, I, if you're yeah. going on like late night, you're doing an interview on late night television talk show. Well, how would you have them introduce you as tree girl yeah. or as Julianne? Yeah. Yeah. Tree girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, I want to go back and tell you some interesting things that have happened to me though. In tree yeah, because, go for um, it. He, he, a lot of people are afraid of nature and you know, there are certainly things to be afraid of, you know, there are things that can hurt you. Um, but I really want to encourage people not to be, but I have had some close encounters with some other species while doing my work. I've been very fortunate, but um, there were a couple times in Australia, this is Australia right here. Both of these trees are in Australia. It's in in the tropical region. And tropical regions have a lot of things that can bite you and sting you and Especially in Australia, there were more things that want to get you than not, right? It's true, it's true. And I was really lucky. The only things that happened to me is um, I was um, in a tree sort of like this. I was, I laid my head down in between these buttressed roots, sorry. (laughs) Not this particular tree. Um, Well, this tree had plenty of ticks too. So I laid my head down. I took my glasses off and put it on the forest floor. And here's a little um, tip for all you um, nude photographers. Never put your glasses on the forest floor. Mm. Right? Why? Why? Well, one, you can lose them and you can step on them. But also because um, things are attracted to something new on the the forest floor. They want to check it out. So I was laying down and I got up and then I put my glasses back on and I was, and I was with an arborist actually who brought, who took me to this tree. And I'm like, my face feels really weird. And he's like, Oh, you just have some baby spiders on your face. And I took my glasses off. It wasn't baby spiders. It was baby ticks. Oh, and that my all my glasses were covered in baby ticks. There were probably a hundred hundred baby ticks that I put on, and then they just sort of spread all over my face and my skull. So that was um, disturbing because in Australia there's a tick called the paralysis tick, which actually paralyzes you permanently. So oh. I was really lucky that I didn't have the paralysis tick, right? How, so, did you, how do you get rid of hundreds of baby ticks that are in your hair and on your face? Like, you, know, you, just, like you just like shave your entire head and yeah. just pick them off with tweezers? Like, what? poured water all over me. 
And then he didn't want me to freak out. So he's just like, okay, you know, well, we'll just check when we get home. So we just kept going. I just kept going <laughs> and did more photography. And then that night we were just picking out ticks like all over my body and my head, like all night. You're a trooper. You are a trooper. I would have been running through that forest like a madman looking for flames to jump into. <laughs> it's hard work. Let me tell you, there, there are hazards to being tree girl. It's not all fun and games. It's not all pleasurable. It, it is pleasurable a lot, but yeah. um, there are hazards. And then there was a time also in Australia, you know, there's leeches there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and oh, they're no. attracted oh, no. to all of these creatures they can like smell you or feel your heat or something and so like leeches would like you know kind of like bound across the forest floor like like coming up to me and and one of them got me in my um my private um goddess garden area yeah it didn't really it didn't really it didn't go in it didn't really it didn't really leech on it was very small um, and leeches are really harmless. They just suck your blood. They don't poison you or anything. Oh, is that all? Okay. That's yeah. all. You it's, know, just, so- it's just a parasite that likes to get on you and suck your blood. That's all. Like, what yeah. else is there? <laughs> right. You know, and they numb you before the they do that. Is a, is a local anesthetic, you yeah. know, so it doesn't hurt. Yeah, but... Right. Right. Yeah. Anything so. happening in that general vicinity, you know, you I generally know. don't want anything foreign there, right? I know. Well, we all remember Stand By Me, don't we? If we're old oh, right. Remember. Yeah. Um, so uh-huh. I'm sure for guys, it might, might be a little more traumatic. But yeah. I, you know, I'm just like, okay, this is part of the work. I gotta, you know, I gotta just, I gotta watch, I gotta be more aware. That was yeah. my lesson. So being n- nature photography, you know, I'm also telling people, you know, you have to be aware of what you're doing. You're, 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 in, you're coming in on somebody else's territory, someone else's home, you know, with your yeah. equipment and your weight and your noise and everything. And they're all, they all know that you're there. Yeah, um, you're so an invader. I, yeah. Right. So I tr- I'm tr- always try to be really, really respectful. And if there's a tree or a place and I get, like, I've really heightened intuition after all these years. If I get a, like, nope, you know, not here. I totally listen to that. It's a totally respectful relationship. But I do, I must say like, if there's a fence and it says no trespassing, if, if I really feel, and the, you know, if the tree's calling to me and I really feel like, "Mm, you know, I, for the, for the sake of this art, I'm going to have to cross this boundary. I ask permission of the land of the tree and if they're like, come on, come on over, then I do it. But yeah. I, I, Trigo kind of makes up her own rules, I must say. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier that you're, you're, when you, like part of this exercise is, or this pilgrimage has been to meet, yeah. quote, meet all these different trees around the world, which you've yeah. done, like 50 species, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there, much like we meet people, like you're saying, you know, if you, you, you'll meet Frederick, you'll meet you know, thousands of other people yeah. and you remember yeah. them. But... Yeah in terms of intimacy, we all have types, right? Yeah. So you may yeah. like, hey, this is my type. I like brunettes or blondes or, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Do you have a species or a particular type of tree that you think is more, you know, that you gravitate towards more than any other other kind? I definitely have favorites. And I would and why? say... I wonder why you, like, what's, the, what's your favorite think thing? We, I don't think we can figure that out, can yeah. we? Can yeah, we, I don't know. You know figure out why you're attracted to something or why you like the taste of something or something. I mean, I definitely like 
big trees. Yeah. Um, charismatic trees. What's a charismatic tree? Oh, you know, you know. I mean, if you if you're like in an urban area and you see like a like this thing in the park, this twig in the parking lot around the sidewalk, you know, you're not gonna stop and be like, oh, wow, right. like you are like amazing and beautiful. Yeah. You're probably like, wow, poor thing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Aren't you lonely um, sitting there between all these cars, right? Right. Yeah. Embedded in concrete. So there are there are charismatic trees that the people you can't. There are certain trees that no one cannot be impressed by, right? Yeah. Like I mean, the the trees back here and giant sequoias, and we have the redwoods here in California. Mm -hmm. Things that are big and tall. Nobody can be, you know, bored by that. Right. Certainly. Yeah, like so, my house, I'm, my house is surrounded by like really tall cypress trees, which I oh, love because I feel uh -huh. like they're guarding my house. Right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Are they the Italian cypresses? Are they up and down like that? Or are they, they are. Uh, I don't know. Oh, what they're <laughs> tall cypress. The extent yeah. of the extent of my arbor knowledge is is their cypress trees. <laughs> well, get I encourage you get out a guidebook, go online, take a picture. There's apps for that, you know. Oh, you I didn't take know that. Picture okay. And it'll tell you what tree it is. I tell you, your life will be a lot more fulfilling if you if you know your neighbors, right? I'm going to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. So anyway, to get back to your question, um. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite trees are the African baobabs in yeah. Africa. Those are, um, they're known as the upside down tree. They get really big and, and bulbous and they just, they have charisma. They have stature. They have, mm -hmm. you know, presence. And for me, they're just very gentle trees. There are, are some. Those are like really flat looking trees that tend to grow in arid climates or. It is, they... Well, they're all over Africa. It's, okay. the, it's the one on the cover of my book. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's a baobab. Um, they don't get that big, but you know they're 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 hardy, and most of the leaves are at the top. But the bark is super smooth, and if you look up close and you look in the book, um, the bark is like elephant skin, right? And so it has this this feeling of like a gentle elephant. Yeah. So I love that. And then in in this northern hemisphere and our continent, um, particularly, I just love the oak trees. Mm -hmm. you know the oak trees just say and and you know we have great you say redwood you know because you're you know, in northern california do. right well i love i love redwoods but there's not much i can do with them artistically yeah. they just go straight up for <laughs> hundreds much. of feet i can't really do anything with them artistically they're, they're, they're the conservative version of trees right <laughs> yeah. yeah um so oak yeah. trees you know our california oaks have those rambling branches sometimes they come down to the ground you know they just they have like their arms are doing stuff and yeah and so i love those i love california oaks i don't think i could not live in california because right. of that i mean there's really? oaks all, there's oaks all over the world but yeah no i lived in washington for for a year um and I had to move back. I miss the trees here so much. I miss the oak trees. It's true. That's amazing. That is amazing. Okay, so I'm looking at your press release here, and your name on here is Julianne Sky Arbor. Is Arbor really your last name? It can't be. That can't be. That's too much of a coincidence. <laughs> That'd be like me. My name is Frederick Van Photography. You're like, <laughs> right. Okay, you got me. Um, I changed that to Arbor like 20 years ago when I was in art school. You know, people do that in California. They move to yeah. California, especially artists, and they just create new names. 
That is cool though. I mean, that's the coolest name ever that you did that. And that is, if that's not an indication of your level of commitment to this. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. So what's next for you? Like what's, are you, is there, you say you're going to do you possibly the next iteration of the book or the next edition. Um, What's what's happening right now? Well, right now I just launched the book. So the book Mm -hmm. is out. I'm doing book tours. I'm scheduling book tours. The book is also going to be in the UK and in Canada. So I'm promoting it there. Um, I'm doing conferences and, um, that sort of thing. And yeah, I'm planning my, my next journeys. I'm planning to go to Europe in June and South America in October. And then I'm going to go back to Australia in October, November, um, with a group of women who, so I'm starting to do retreats with women. Like I'm getting a lot of interest and people want to do this. So I'm going to take women on these intensive nature retreats and photograph them. I want to do more, um, more of other women. Like this is primarily me and you know, I love doing it. Um, but quite honestly, I get a little sick of seeing my same body type in every image. So I'm looking for women of all shapes, sizes, colors, you know, everything and even women who live are in those native regions to and i don't really call it modeling or posing it's it's really i'm capturing an experience that's happening in the moment so that's why i'm going to take these women out for like a week or 10 days and we're gonna really intensively experience what it's like to be nude with a tree so that's it so book number two is going to be more other women more diversity more places I haven't been. And I also really want to focus on forest ecosystems as a whole. I want to, you know, teach people and I want to learn myself about, okay, here we are in the rainforest. These are different trees in the rainforest. This is how they work together. Um, You know, the different forest regions around the world. I want to study those and organize the book into forest ecosystems. And then book number three, Frederick, I have a vision. Yeah, no, it's got, it's got to happen. It's got to happen fast. (laughs) Book number three is going to be well-respected, well-known, famous people who are environmentalists of some sort, who are change agents in the world, people who are doing important things. They might be celebrities. They might not be. You may have never heard of them, but they've you know, changed the world somehow. Mm-hmm. I want to get them to pose nude with trees or in nature somewhere in their, you know, with their thing. In, 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 the set, in the style of Annie Leibovitz, right? Annie, mm-hmm. Annie Leibovitz did like every famous person on the planet. And, yeah. and, and so I want to photograph them with nature so that the message, so that for, for people who get the book um, can see they're like, oh, um, being, you know, having a relationship with nature, nature is important. Like, that's cool. It's yeah. cool to bond with other species. It's cool to have a relationship with trees or nature or nature is important. Like sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's not enough just to have a beautiful woman, you know, naked with a tree. Sometimes you need someone who's, fam- you know, a familiar face. To kind of in, make that connection. To so, make hey, that connection. Yeah, instead of, <clears throat> there's a beautiful person, a beautiful woman there that I have no idea who she is or what she stands right. for versus, right. you know, there's insert celebrity name that's championing this cause and in an environment and a situation that I never would have ever seen them in before. Yeah. Right. So that's, so that's book number two. And then I I don't know what else is going to happen. I'm really hoping, hoping things will open up. I mean, I really am on a mission to get people engaged with nature as like, Hey, you know, actually nature is really important. Like nature is our home. We can't, you know, we need it. 
everything needs it. Um, now, now is the time. And so that is really my mission. And then, um, like I said, like I'm working from, for the trees. So if the trees tell me to do something, then that's what I'm going to do. And to have that um, sense of purpose, really, um, not only as an artist, but as a human being, I think is like, I am so grateful that I have that because so many people just don't know what to do with themselves and their lives or they feel displaced or they, you know, they, they have, pl we have plenty of distractions mm -hmm. in our world and technology is one of them um, to keep us from doing our soul's work, yeah. our life purpose. Why are we here? And for me, it's to be in service of the more than human world. And then, but I'm just bridging the world of humans and nature. That's my purpose. I love it. I love it. And a lot of people go through their entire lives without even knowing what that purpose is. I know right? it's, it's sad. Yeah. But when you find it, explosions happen like this. So, yeah. okay. So fast, let's close off. So fast yeah. forwarding, if you fast forward, put on your arborist hat, right? And yeah. you fast forward to a uh, hundred years in the future, a hundred years in the future. What is it? A, is it a bleak picture? Is it a happier picture? What is what does Earth look like a hundred years from now? I would. <laughs> so you, this I is have, what you're like. You have to toy with. Should I go glasses half full or glasses half empty? <laughs> I think it's gonna be a mixed bag, right? We're gonna lose. We're losing a hundred to a thousand species a day are going extinct, right? So that's not. That's gonna keep happening. Mm -hmm. Apparently, according to climate change, even if we stopped all carbon emissions now. We'd still have um, the impact of it for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. um, nuclear waste is going to last for millions of years. So mm -hmm. the, the toxic poisoning, right? So the damage has been done. We, it's not going to be an idyllic ecotopia. I do mm -hmm. believe that we're, you know, water and oil are going to drastically reduce, um, and that is going to affect human population. So I think yeah. human population is going to crash not too far from now civilization is going to crash and so there's going to be way less humans and um less industry and less impact on the planet so that other species can come back yeah yeah so i'm it, actually i'm hopeful that more things can come back yeah is it is it is it time for us to leave and go find another planet to mess no! up you would be the about? first person on Mars to plant a tree. That's so know. <laughs> That's like leaving your your spouse is dying in the hospital, and you're gonna be like, "I'm getting remarried now. Like, yeah. like I'm done with you, right? right. Where this is our home. This is our family. This, you know, and that that's that's a whole another technotopia thing that isn't realistic. We can't scientifically. They found it. You can't actually live in space for that long because we actually need the microorganisms that we interact with to keep us alive. Yeah, so and gravity, people, yeah. <laughs> I think people would really miss the planet if they, I think they, I don't think they'd last long. Yeah, well, we should, no, this it is would be a great time. show. We gotta get you and Elon Musk on at the same time. On I the, don't know who that is. Elon Musk, he's the founder of Tesla. Oh, oh right, the Tesla guy, right. Yeah, 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 that's true. Oh, and also SpaceX, and he's, you know, trying to colonize Mars. So. Well, let me just say one more thing, environmental, if I can. So yeah. um, environmentalism has gotten co-opted to mean we need subsidies for solar panels so that we can all have solar panels, so we can all have solar this, solar that, so we can keep our 
way of life going. Mm -hmm. That's a shame, right? We don't, we really don't want our way of life to keep going because we're also, we have so much, right? Frustration, anxiety, depression, right? Like I wanted to kill myself because my internet wouldn't work, yeah. right? Yeah. People aren't really happy with all the abundance of the technology. But they don't know what the other, they don't know what the alternative is. If you've been brought up with an iPad in your hand and, you know, the, the thought of not having internet access is like not having oxygen, you right, know, the thought right. of not being able to tweet or Snapchat or something like that is, is unthinkable. Right? Right, but our generation, right? I mean, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, right. I didn't have a computer in college. Like no, we were just fine. Mm -hmm. Our grandparents didn't have microwaves, right? So that, that knowledge is still there and humans are incredibly adaptable and resilient. Yeah. And we've gone through a lot of changes over however many, you know, hundreds of thousands of years on the planet. Um, we, can, we can return to more self-sufficiency. We can return to having a fulfilling life where we're engaging with other living things in, instead of buttons. And it will be a traumatic withdrawal, I think, certainly. It's like an yeah. addiction withdrawal. But we can certainly do it. And there's yeah. a lot of, you know, a lot of fulfillment available to us, too, as well. So it's not necessarily scary. Like, if you'd like, wow, if you didn't have to drive every day through traffic, like, are you going to miss that? I don't think so, you know? Yeah. yeah. Julian, so. I think you should run for public office. We need you. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> We need that kind of passion oh, in government. Okay. I don't know if you're going to put me in prison, but um, thank you very much. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, where, where can people go to connect with you, see the stuff that you're working on, buy the book? What's the, yeah. what's the best location? Yeah, so my website is treegirl.org. I'm an org, and you can find me on um, all those things, on Twitter, I think Tree Girl Photo, on Twitter, on Instagram, Tree Girl Photo. Um, I think I'm on Flickr, True Girl Photo on Flickr. Nice. Um, you know, you can email me. And, and the book is, it's, it's being distributed in, in stores. So if your store doesn't carry it. Complain. Complain. Order yeah. it. That's um, awesome. You can also get it on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. So I'm, I'm there. Just find me. Just All look right. for me. Well, Tree Girl, thank you for coming on. Again, here's the book, Intimate Encounters with Wild Nature. Tree Girl, check it out. Julianne Sky Arbor, who went so far as to change her name for her cause. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, right. You could do it too, Frederick Photo. I could be Frederick Photo. I yeah. could be Frederick. That actually, you know, I could change the Frederick to P-H- R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K, Frederick Photo, see? Frederick, Frederick Van Photo, I think it works. I, it yeah. could work, it oh, could work. It's, it's too late though, you did it You did it earlier and it's cool, no! but now it's too late for me. No, 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 <laughs> I hope I can have an influence on you and photographers yes. everywhere. Very yeah. cool, all right, well thanks a lot for taking the time and uh, Thank this, has you. Been, this has been fantastic, I appreciate it. It's been it. fun, thanks so much. Okay, take care. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tree Girl. Talking to her really helped me appreciate the importance of passion projects, and I hope you got something out of it too. And once again, thanks for subscribing and listening to This Week in Photo. It's been a pleasure hosting the show all these years, and I can't wait to share TWIP 2.0 with you. TWIP will be back soon, but now it's time to take that lens cap off. 